0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. Orange County's only talk radio show dedicated to featuring nonprofit organizations and their leader. With your host, Richard Franzi.
1: Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This community talk show airs live on the last programming day of each month on Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and our newest sponsor, Center Club, a member of Club Corp. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running small and middle market companies, to learn more about the nonprofit organizations serving the needs of Orange County and global residents. In the studio today, we have two guests. We have a primary guest and a secondary guest, I guess is a fair way to say that. Uh, Nadira Johnson, who is the Acting Director of Marketing and Public Relations at Coastline Community College, is is in our co-pilot seat. And in the pilot seat is Vince Rodriguez. He is the Vice President of Instruction for Coastline Community College. Welcome to you both.
2: Thank you very much for having us.
3: Yes, Richard, thank you for letting us come talk about Coastline. Okay, let's
1: start with you, Vince. Tell us a little bit about your professional background, and then Nadir, I'm going to ask you to just give us
3: some background of your professional background that's kind of led you up to this point. So, Vince, you want to go first? Sure. Well, I started in the college about 16 years ago in our distance learning department. I was like many of our students where I didn't have my degrees while I was working at the college. I went back and got my bachelor's degree, my master's degree, my my doctorate and started moving up in the leadership chain, became a dean and now a vice president of the college and I had an opportunity to be in the front line working with the students and I think that's really helped me along the way so when I'm helping students or addressing student issues, I'm able to relate to where they were, where they are because I was an adult with a family member, family and going to school at the same time, which is many of our students.
1: Yeah, you could be very empathetic, I would think, to their situation, right? I sure hope so. Having walked in their shoes, as it were. Can I ask you one question before we move on to Ndera? This idea of distance learning, is that still even in the vernacular of, of education, or has it been replaced by technology and called something else now?
3: Well, it is still distance learning. I think it's become more mainstream. I think the, the difference would have been when I came to the college in the late 90s, there were only a few colleges that were doing distance education, and the Internet was just starting to take hold, and people were thinking this might be a way to do education at a distance. The difference is our college had been doing distance education since 1976, wow. and we've been doing it through television-based content and that was available, and then we sent, we easily migrated to Internet when it came around. So this is something that's not new to Coastline Community College.
1: Fantastic. Well, uh, for those loyal listeners of the radio show, you know that I am a big fan of the community college system. I believe they provide tremendous value. We have a very strong community college system here in in California and especially in Orange County. So, Nadira Johnson, you're the acting director of marketing and public relations. Tell us a little bit about your background.
2: Yeah, well, I uh, have worked in um, marketing for over 15 years. I've worked in various industries from nonprofit to for-profit and education. Education has always been a big passion of mine. Uh, Since I worked at the University of Washington in Seattle, I just started my pathway to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I also uh, teach uh, at UCI Extension. Okay. Um, my pathway here to um, Coastline is, you know, I started out working for the foundation, and then um, the position opened up, and I was able to uh, to help out with uh, some of their marketing needs. Excellent. So I'm very excited to be here. I've been here for almost, well, three months.
1: Okay. Does every community college have a foundation behind it? Because I, I asked that because I had Golden West College, and I had the members of the foundation on behind Golden West College that raises money for student tuition, et cetera. Is that a common model for community colleges in Orange County?
3: Yes, I'd say that's very common to help with offsetting some of those costs. For example, the main, one of the main missions of the foundation is helping to raise scholarship money. Right. So there's many students that need scholarships to, to help them out through their education. And so that's a very critical need that we all have.
1: It, college isn't. Let me just say right now, college isn't. In my opinion, college isn't for everyone. You don't have to go to college to have a strong career. Many of the people who listen to my show are self-made business people. They maybe had a high school education, went into right. a trade, got some type of an education that was germane to their to their field of endeavor, and then they they built on that with a successful career. But for those people that want to go to college, and more and more it seems like you need to have some level of post uh, high school education to be successful. The The ability to get on the first rung
3: through a community college is so valuable. I agree, and that's one of the things we're constantly talking to our students. We're seeing it when we talk to our business partners. They expect a college education now, and it used to be a high school education. A high school degree was good enough, and and people could, if they're doing well, they could do well in a business. Now it's expected a higher level. Before, what used to require a bachelor's degree often is requiring a master's degree, Mm -hmm. mainly, I think, because of the competition. There are so many good people applying for these jobs that now what used to be the bachelor's degree, now if you have a master's degree, that gives you that leg up where before the bachelor's was enough. So we're seeing that all through the industry. We see it with our military personnel, our police and fire, any of those service agencies. They're expecting higher degrees for what they used to do years ago. And many people talk about that they wouldn't even hire someone that looks like them anymore mm-hmm. because of the expectations are so much higher.
1: Interesting because, you know, and it's not only the... 18-year-old, 19-year-old that just graduated high school that can use a hand to get into the college rigor. It's even harder in my experience having a wife who went back to school when she was in her 30s with two small children while I traveled Uh, for business, to to be able to get back into the routine of going to class and attending and getting in that mindset. If it wasn't for the community college system here in Orange County, I'm not sure she could have just gone right into a full-time program.
3: Richard, I'm glad you bring that up because that is one of the main reasons Cosign was founded. We were founded to help the non-traditional student. Mostly that was that person like your wife. It has a family, and they're trying to figure out, how can I go back to school? And if you go to the traditional college, it just doesn't work. Right. Uh, I, I know when I went back to school in my 40s and I walked onto a traditional college campus, I felt so old, I felt out of place. And I think that's where Coastline's niche is, that it was started in 76 to take care of the adult schools, the night schools, the, the, the non-traditional student life. And that's where we focus on, and that's been our, our niche for the, the last four decades, is taking care of that student like your wife that it, we understand their needs, and there very few of them are going to be here full time as full-time students.
1: Right. And so Coastline is a part of the community college system here in,
3: in Orange County. Can you, Vince, explain that? Sure. The Coast Community College District is the district that we are part of, along with our sister colleges, Orange Coast College and Golden West College. And then there are three other districts in Orange uh, here in Orange County, South Orange County Community College District, North Orange County, and Rancho Community College District. So we're taking care of most of the Huntington Beach, Costa Mesa, Garden Grove, Seal Beach area is mm-hmm. is our service area. Our college covers the entire service area, and, and we have the two other sister colleges Huntington in Huntington Beach, Golden West College, and in Costa Mesa, Orange Coast College.
1: Now, you're vice president. We have about two minutes left before our first commercial break. So Vince Rodriguez, who is the vice president of, of instruction,
3: what does that role entail? So I have the good fortune to work with our faculty. And so I'm, I'm over the area that helps working with faculty and our deans and scheduling our classes, making sure we have the curriculum that's needed, helping those faculty members with whatever resources they need so they can help our students. So the main part of what I'm doing is the classroom teaching and, and helping that side of the, the, the college and those resources and helping them out with any of the budgets in and, and those matters. It seems that the community
1: colleges have a kind of a dual mission in my mind, and, and maybe it's maybe it's more than two. One is to educate at the time that you have the student, but it's also to prepare that student for whatever comes next. It might be a transition to a four-year institution. It might be achieving some type of a degree that allows them to get into a profession after two years or something with the school. So you kind of have a bifurcated, You have you have multiple things that you have to accomplish with each student and i would think counseling and making sure that they are in the right instruction courses are very important for your students
3: absolutely Uh, it's very important in fact the state of california is putting a lot of emphasis in that this coming year with uh, student success act uh, and student success and services program to focus on rather than students just coming in on their own and figuring out their pathway of having a more rigid process where the students come in, they have to meet with a counselor, they have to do certain things so that they get priority registration. And the the bottom line is working with a counselor to make sure they have their best chance of succeeding being unlike myself where i kind of went through my own pathway and took a lot more time than was needed right and so and the con- counselors are critical there
1: sorry but it also means a lot more money right time is money when you're sitting in the seat in the college i mean it costs money to be there you better you know you got to pay your way absolutely all right we're talking with vince rodriguez who is the vice president of instruction and nadira johnson who's the acting director of marketing and public relations for coastline community college and we're going to be back on the critical mass non radio show after these words from our commercial sponsors
0: Commercial Bank of California, or CBC, is a well funded, full service bank located in the heart of Orange County. When it comes to safety and stability, CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willey of Fidelity National Financial, to name a few. In short, we're a bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member IC.
4: Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely. Ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com. Or call us at 714 560 9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com.
5: Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome
1: back to this edition of Critical Mass, a non-profit radio show. I almost said coast-to-coast, but that's tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. You know that that happens on Thursdays. Uh, We have two guests here in the studio for our first segment, Nadira Johnson, who is Director of Marketing and Public Relations, and Vince Rodriguez, who is Vice President of Instruction. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,700 shows in the last 30 days, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, and Spreaker.com, as well as other business-oriented podcasting services. During the break, the commercial break, we were talking here in the studio about coastline community college relationship to chambers of commerce here in orange county as well as the business community and so vince can can you talk a little bit about what you would like to see develop in that area between
3: relationships because i have ceos of small and middle market companies listening to the show well we're always looking at how we can uh, partner with those industries business and industry to help serve them because obviously they're looking to us to help train that workforce so there's many examples. First off, one of the most common is chamber of commerce. We're all we're usually at the chamber of commerce there in Fountain Valley, Westminster, and we're even more so. Uh, more, we're looking now at down in Newport Beach as we have our new center down in Newport Beach, and looking at making sure they know about us because as we were talking earlier, we mentioned that working adults. So many of those chamber of commerce businesses have people that need to be trained. And they need to go back to school, either for a degree or a skill set that they need. And they might only need one or two classes, or they may need an AA degree. And how can we work with them and partner with them? The other things we've done by having that outreach and working with the cities also, for example, we're in Westminster, and we're right across the street from City Hall. And years ago, when they were updating their computer systems and going to a new version of office, they needed to train their, their employees. So they reached out to us and reached out, just walked across the street and said, how can you help provide training and we worked with them and provided training and lastly as we're sitting here very close to orange county um, airport john wayne airport we're working right now with the tsa they reached out to us and said we have a training program but we need a college to provide the education and provide the classroom portion of it and we've been working on that for the last year offering classes at our site for tsa and they had a graduation last night that's exciting that's great that's a great
1: example because i do like uh i think many of the People who listen to our show are lifelong learners as CEOs. That's why they listen to our program. Absolutely. A- and, th- and they want their employee population to continue to get enriched because the more that your employees learn, the more skills they bring to work. So uh, I'd like to maybe turn a question to you, um, Nadira. Since we talk about the multiple different community colleges, I know geography is important in the decision of where a student right. goes to school. But what other characteristics of the college maybe attract What type of students Mm -hmm. do you attract at at Coastline?
2: Right. Because of our distance learning programs, a lot of the working professionals who are working full-time and are able to take courses online um, are some of the uh, students that we attract. You know, a lot of the high school students, we're trying to reach out more to them. I think a lot of the times we don't have a lot of a presence in Orange County, and so a lot of outreach with um, high school students through career fairs and job fairs and reaching out to the local high schools, um, they would be a wonderful candidate. We have all these different sites, um, not just online, but it's very attractive to um, a newcomer from high school that's looking for that college experience.
1: Right, and doesn't have to move away from home and all the intended expenses go along with that. (laughs) And, and, you know, you talk about workforce development, right, and the community colleges really share that responsibility, I think almost more than four-year institutions do, especially if you're talking about not non-standard education, but education that doesn't lead towards a four-year degree, right, a two-year program. Can you share with us some of the programs
3: that Coastline may have for that type of a student? Absolutely. So most community colleges have a vocational program. And you were talking earlier about it being bifurcated. We have some that are looking for their AA degrees or transfer or a bachelor's degree. There are many others that are looking for degrees in our community college system that they can get training and then they can work certification. So one of the areas we do a lot is within our computer networking. So if you need to become Cisco certified or uh, Cisco, uh, anything related to computer networking, we have available there at the college uh, in that area real estate. Real estate is a program that we continue to offer at the college. It's been a very popular program. Regardless of the real estate industry, it stays constant because people realize that this is something people are always buying and selling homes. So real estate's an area. We also help to train the people that are doing the inspections of our buildings. So our building code inspection program is something that we have. So those people that are working for the cities and doing the inspections come to our programs, and we provide training in that area. Uh, Business is one that kind of can go either way. Because you might be able to get a business degree and start your own industry. We're talking entrepreneurs. There are many entrepreneurs that don't have a bachelor's degree, but they had an idea and they had some good grounded business sense and they were able to do that. So our business is one that we always say is in both areas. You can get it as a vocational program, you can also get it as a bachelor's degree because you can continue on and working as a master's. So we have a variety of those programs. TSA is another example of a vocational one that it's specific to that industry. Hmm. So those are some examples of some areas we're looking at. We also have uh, some traditional programs that are looking at changing a little bit. For example, our art program. Our art program is looking not only how can they can help prepare people for bachelors in art degree, fine art degree, but also how can they help that person that has this art interest to be, be be able to manage their business and not be someone that's very artistic and can create this great art but don't know how to manage their themselves as a business. Yeah, can't make a payroll. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. An artist but they can't right, pay the people. You know, you mentioned before the show started, Vince, about The idea of cohorts and how Coastline is working to develop cohorts for students to help them move through the programs. Can you share a little bit about the work you're doing in that area?
3: Absolutely. What we've done is we have cohorts. For example, we have a STAR program right now where we have people working on their business degree. We have people working on their psychology degree. And what they do is rather than coming to the college and being counseled on all the different options they have available, we say if you're looking for this degree... Here's the classes we're going to offer each semester. We're guaranteeing that you're going to be able to get in those classes, that they're going to be available, and they know exactly when they're going to be done with that degree. And they work through in cohorts, and they stay together. Many of us that went through a traditional college had college buddies that we got to know, that we went to school together. But Informal now, cohorts. Informal yeah, cohorts. Because you liked
4: each
1: other, right.
3: But that's yeah. happening less and less. And so what we've done is we've forced the cohort. So it, it's structured pathways is something that you're going to see a lot more in education, where a student comes in, says, what, what degree do you want? How soon do you want to work on it? Do you want to get it done in two years, or do you want to get it done in four years? And so that is the focus we've had in, el- in eliminating those options where the student actually takes an option that doesn't really help them and goes the wrong direction.
1: That's interesting. Uh, 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 we're talking with two people from Coastline Community College today. Vince Rodriguez, who you just heard speak, is the Vice President of Instruction, and Nadira Johnson is the Director of Marketing and Public Relations, and we're we're covering just various topics as it relates to the community college setting. One of the things that we were talking about here off the air was the idea of bringing a version of the Critical Mass radio show to the campus so that we could help with the students in kind of the content of what we, what we discuss. Because one of the things that we see... Uh, attacking the cost basis of college is technology. You, Coastline, was uh, an early adopter of technology, based on what you were saying, Vince, relative to the distance learning idea. And I can remember how distance learning... I'm old enough to remember that distance learning was sort of this oddity, this experiment, this thing that wasn't quite normal. And now, through technology, so much more is being offered online. It sounds so much more sexy to do it online than distance learning, doesn't it?
3: Absolutely. Uh, It it is interesting how it's all transformed. Uh, When we were first doing online classes, as I mentioned before, we had already had three decades of experience doing distance education. So it was a natural transition for us. But now, online is, is the norm. Colleges and universities are often expecting that students are going to take classes online, and they're looking at how can that augment the student's um, schedule, especially if they have space issues, if they're having trouble with building new buildings, if they can have some of those classes taught online. The other thing I think it's helped is there's some advantages to online, taking podcasts like what you have and incorporate that into the, the curriculum and the content. And I think oftentimes what we're saying is, Sometimes you talk about the difference between online and on-site, and what we're seeing is the g- very good online instructors now take those skill sets into the classroom, oh, wow. and I think our classroom environment has improved because in the classroom I'm pulling in using technology to help right. us.
1: Right, makes it a much more multimodal learning then, right? Absolutely. Much, yes, I like that. I, I, that's, and I think with the millennials, because that's one of the case um, seminars we did recently was how to uh, successfully integrate and manage millennials in the workforce. Our community colleges and colleges are are crucibles for learning how to make these younger generation productive and successful. And if they're learning these skills and getting this multimodal training at school, it's tough to go to the cubicle and just you know be shut down, if you right. will, and not be allowed to use social media and the tools. Uh, I've enjoyed this conversation, but the clock on the wall and my engineer is sort of suggesting that that our time is up today for you two. So, how would somebody find out more about Coastline Community College? What are the What's your website? What's your social media?
2: Yeah. Okay. They can go to um, coastline.edu, and they can also um, visit us on um, Facebook. Uh, through coastline. If you type in Coastline College and also on Twitter at uh, coastline CoastlineNOC.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to yeah. definitely follow you, and uh, hopefully you'll follow me back. I sure will. Okay. Thank well, you. That's Nadira Johnson, Director of Marketing and Public Relations, and Vince Rodriguez, who's the Vice President of Instruction, Thank you for coming in today. Thanks for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the Critical Mass community. I look forward to, don't worry about that, that's our guard dog. dog. We have to protect the studio with all of its riches here, huh? It's been a joy, and I look forward to doing a live broadcast from your your campus soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank
2: you very much. Thank
1: you. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere, because we're going to take a short commercial break. And then Tom Pollock, who is CEO of Explore Ocean, will be our second guest on Critical Mass nonprofit radio show.
7: If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business.
1: And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Tom Pollock, who is CEO of Explore Oceans, is our guest. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. Last month, we delivered over 27,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions. If you'd like to learn more about advertising, contact Rose Chamora at 951-515-4661. 951-515-4661. Tom, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Rick. Thanks for having me here today. It's our pleasure. Let's start by having you tell us a little bit about your professional background. Like, what, what did you do before you became CEO of Explore Ocean Tom? Oh, I think I've had about two or three careers there.
8: Okay. But, uh, yeah, I started off uh, in an institutional bond market, spent 27 years doing that. And then uh, I got involved in a pro sports in Europe. I founded a league in Europe and founded it and sold it, and uh, that what was ca- really well, fun. Okay,
1: slow down. What kind of a league? Pro sailing. Okay.
8: The Med Cup. My team owners were... Guys like uh, the King of Spain, the King of Norway, Doug DeVos that runs Amway, Larry Ellison. Wow. So fun group of people to hang out with. Okay. And uh, I, uh, from that, uh, I got an idea for a film, for a movie, and I approached Roy Disney uh, about the idea. And, we, and Roy ended up, he liked it so much, we ended up making the film. It was called Morning Light, and it was released by Walt Disney in 2008. And uh, Roy and I became fast friends. And uh, that's how I found my way to the organization. So, you actually pitched an idea to Roy Disney that actually turned into a movie. I got his cell phone number. It's what I do is get meetings with people. And I got hold of Roy. And I said, Roy, I got an idea for you. And, uh, I and he said, Who's this? No, well, I had a friend. Uh, okay. H- h- Leslie, you know, was a uh, Disney. His uh, eventual wife was a good friend of mine. So, she kind of helped, you know, soften oh, okay. the blow. Okay. But, uh, you know, he's kind of like, Well, you know, I'm one of the more powerful men in Hollywood, Tom. And I- I'm sure I've got a <laughs> lot of movies that I've been pitched <laughs> before. But yeah. uh, he was just joking. He was just great. And I said, you know, Roy, this is one you're going to love. Because he was a sailor. And so we made a film about young kids in high school, coming of age story, about going on the Transpac race. a 100-year-old race here that's been going out for, for forever from Los Angeles to Hawaii. Wow. And Roy filmed it as a documentary and called it Morning Light. Nice. And so he and I hung out together for about three years and- doing that. Was there anything between that and what you do now? Or? Well, we ended up. I said, "Roy, we need to do a uh, we need to do a, a grand opening in Orange County. He had a home on uh, Harbor Island with uh, Leslie, and so uh, I said, let's do a fundraiser for a nonprofit here in town." He goes, which one? And I said, I don't know. There's this nautical museum uh, over in Balboa Peninsula. Uh, I'll call them up. So I called them up, and I said, we'd like to, the Disney Corp would like to come down and do a big uh, fundraiser for you. And they were thrilled. It was a giant fundraiser. And uh, at the time, they were going through a transition, which I didn't know about. And uh, they were transitioning from a standard traditional nautical museum to explore ocean. And so it was the largest fundraiser they ever had. I would, and, yeah. yeah
1: so, so can you imagine that call? We, you know, <laughs> yeah. those nonprofit leaders that are going to be listening to the show, going, "Yeah, get a call out of the blue." <laughs> well, uh, Disney Company wants to do this fundraiser for you.
8: Yeah. yeah Hello. Kind of what happened, you know. So, so I kind of, I kind of forgot about them because they didn't really have an educational plan. So I just thought, nah. And then later on, the, some of the board members got hold of me, and they said, you know, we'd like to become an ocean uh, attraction. They weren't really sure what. And so I got involved, and it interests me, education, kids, the environment, the ocean, and I thought, you know, how are we going to do it? So we, I got into it and uh, became a board member, chairman of the board, and then I retired from the bond business, and they asked me, they said, well, you know, we'd really like you to take your, your for-profit skills and help out with the business model and the plan for this nonprofit because on the Balboa Peninsula, it sits in a location in the fund zone that gets sure. over 2 million visitors a year show up there every year. Okay. So that's a good location. That's a good location to have a, any kind of a business. So now you have to build something around it that actually appeals to the community. Right. And as a community, res- a jewel. So we looked at ocean literacy is the platform we landed on, teaching the seven principles of ocean literacy. And what we do is we explain to K-12 through 12 kids and adults the, 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 how the ocean works from a perspective of science, technology, engineering, and math. Wow. So it's a full program, K through 12. We have hundreds, if not thousands of kids now go through go through our programs. I just came out of a, a, a they had 300 kids over there today on a field trip. And uh, they're doing, it's all hands-on. And we have ocean literacy centers. I also have labs where we have 3D printers, laser cutters, uh, a lot of electronic invention kits. We're building a new, um, a new uh, maker space over there as well. So we get kids from not only Newport Beach, but we get kids out of Santa Ana. From Garden Grove, Anaheim, Riverside—they come from all over the county. Wow! How big is the space? Uh, we own about three—about an entire city block. down do. in the village, yeah, yeah. We're fortunate.
1: You are fortunate. Yeah. That's good real estate, too, yeah, Tom. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. all right. Well, we're talking with Tom Pollack. He is CEO of Explore Ocean. We're learning more about Explore Ocean. So we have about three minutes. I, I wonder if you could share with us a guiding principle that you have. You know, what's your overarching philosophy, or what do you believe about leading this organization? Whether it's your your poor profit days, or now your non-profit days. Well,
8: this, the, like any, non, the word nonprofit, it's a tax status. It's not a business plan. And what we look at is we believe we believe in teaching people about the ocean because we think it's an access agenda. We're giving kids, especially kids that have never been to the beach before, access to programs to help them develop critical thinking skills problem-solving skills as a way to build their resumes, to inspire them to come out of many of the foster home situations that we support and get into college, four-year colleges. And that's one of our eventual target goals for the kids that come to our program is inspire them to stay in school.
1: Are you saying that there are kids in Orange County, California who haven't been to the ocean before?
8: There are to the many. Beach? It's amazing. That get, is amazing. We isn't get it? kids from Garden Grove, uh, Riverside, that have, 16, 17 year old kids that have never been to the beach. Uh, last year we, uh, we supported uh, four nonprofits here in Orange County uh, Orangewood, Kids Work. Olive Crest, and um, there's one more in there I'm forgetting That's at okay. the moment. And uh, we, we gave them all free summer camps. And we brought every kid down, paid for all the buses, everything, and brought down hundreds of kids, including going to Catalina as well as part of the whole adventure. We took them to the Back Bay. And it turned, for your listeners may want to know, we are the number one funded nonprofit in the entire state of California serving youth from the California Coastal Commission. Really? Of all the... Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we Dr. M- Wendy Marshall, my director of education, submitted that, and uh, we were awarded that just a couple of months ago. Well,
1: congratulations. You mm-hmm. must be doing fine we're work. De- we're delighted. So you're teaching them how the ocean works. Mm-hmm, that's right.
8: And you said there were seven principles? Of seven it? principles of, of ocean literacy, the seven big ideas about the ocean. So, cause, so most, most ocean-related nonprofits teach the ocean from the eyes of the fish, we call it. Okay. Okay. Well, stewards of the ocean. That's primarily the aquariums that they tend to do that. We look at climate. We look at weather patterns. We're looking at ocean rise, ocean acidification, uh, conservation, preservation, uh, how humans influence the ocean, how the ocean influences you, food sources. You know, we're having a sustainable seafood uh, coming up here. We'll talk about on your yeah, next, we're going next to. segment.
1: Don't go anywhere, and then, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. General.
8: So it's a full program from kindergarten all the way up to twelfth grade. Kids are learning about the ocean as a backdrop for those critical thinking skills, and they do it all themselves. Wow, hands-on. Ha- all hands-on. Everything's hands-on. That's on. a home run. It's very different than what uh, what your listeners have been uh, probably used to in the past.
1: Hands-on with the ocean. Sounds like fun to me. Let's go to the beach, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking with Tom Pollock. He is CEO of Explore Oceans, and we're going to take our first commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Simply Sustainable Seafood Fest. So don't go anywhere. You're going to want to hear more about that after these words from our commercial sponsors. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Tom Pollock, who is the CEO of Explore Oceans, is our guest for this segment. And I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,000 shows during the last 30 days, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live here on Internet radio station, octalkradio.net, or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes. Stitcher, Spreaker.com, which is spelled S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Check it out if you haven't checked out Spreaker and other business-oriented podcasting services. Tom, before the break, we said we teased them a little bit about the Simply
8: Sustainable Seafood Fest. Can you talk a little bit about that event? Yeah, it's on uh, Sunday, June 8th. That's World Ocean Day. It's a uh, um, UN-declared event, and uh, all the nonprofits around the world actually that are related to the ocean, will typically have some type of an event going on to honor the oceans. So ours is from 3 to 6 p.m. on Sunday, June 8th at Explore Ocean. That's at uh, 600 East Bay Avenue uh, on the Balboa Peninsula, right where the uh, Balboa Ferry uh, meets the uh, fun zone where the Ferris wheel is. Okay, I know where that is. And we're going to have probably at least a couple hundred people show up. Plus, we're having three really great speakers. Uh, Debbie Johnson, the director of the Catalina Sea Ranch, and they're involved. With uh, doing farming of mussels, Mediterranean mussels offshore. They're going to start doing mussels offshore uh, right off Huntington Beach area. And then uh, a, a very popular lady in Newport Beach, Therese Pearson, <coughs> of Pearson Port. Uh, they're the only floating seafood um, distributor in the entire state of California. They're right wow. under the bridge there at PCH, and they their, their, their specialty is spotted prawns. They get them from 1,000, 1,200 feet below the surface of the ocean where it's ice cold. And they're going to be talking about their methods of how they harvest uh, those fish. And then, of course, Dr. Wendy Marshall, my, my really talented director of education at Explore Ocean, and she's going to be uh, also there as well talking about how... We teach the kids um, the ability for the ocean to to, 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 to to feed a billion people. So what does it cost, and how do people find out about it? Oh, well, our members, we give them a slight discount. It's $25 for our members. It's $35 for non-members. You can sign up at exploreocean.org. Now, that's a tricky one. It's E-X-P-O-O-R-O-C-E-A-N, no double E in explore, dot .org. Or you can call us on the phone at any time. My staff is willing to t- take any phone call, and that's 949-675-8915. You can call down there and make a reservation, and, and you can buy actually buy tickets at the door. So this event's a part of an international or global it celebration is. of the ocean. It is. It is. And and you know the oceans are the oceans sustain all life on Earth. And without the ocean, you know every every other breath you take comes from the plankton in the ocean. And so without I the did ocean, not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, have did the you rainforest, know that, Mister Engineer. Yeah. the rainforest provide a lot of oxygen, but the, but the ocean sup- provides at least half of that. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's very, mm-hmm. very exciting. So we, we, we talk about how the ocean sustains all life on Earth, and a healthy ocean gives us a healthy, healthy population. And do we have a healthy ocean? You know, I think yeah, that's an interesting uh, thing. You talk to the folks at Oceana. You know, they're 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 a group that's out influencing legislation. They'll tell you, no, not quite. You talk to other groups. They'll say, okay. I think there's a lot of change going on in the ocean, right? For sure, change has been going on. Now that we have the technology to monitor it, I think we're start, certainly noticing quite a bit of change in the weather, in the climate of the ocean, the temperature, the, uh, the melting of the glaciers. All of these things are going on, and we're we're just teaching kids what's happening, with, and, and adults as well, what's happening out there in the world, even if they can get to the ocean and to the beach and be a little better stewards of their Mm -hmm. time there, Mm -hmm. you've accomplished something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, we, we actually just had a beach cleanup, but we did it five miles inland. In the Santa Ana River Basin. <laughs> and we went five miles inland. We That's took hundreds funny. of kids up there for a beach cleanup. We brought some, actually, we had some corporate sponsors that showed up that sponsored that. And uh, we brought our aerial drones with us because we have a little drone fleet. And a drone. We have drones. Well, our kids build underwater submarines. They build them. We got a, a grant from the Office of Naval Education. And the kids are building underwater robots with GoPro cameras. And we take them over to Catalina and drop in. And then we bring all the footage back and they edit all the footage and they make it for their science projects. So if you have a sixth grade kid, Jeez. they could they could come to Explore Ocean and put all that together at our place. Wow. You know? But you went up Stream. Yeah, we went upstream. We th- we wanted to go inland five miles, and we wanted to look at all the trash that was up there, and then have a have a beach cleanup at five miles inland. And we put the drones up in the air to kind of document all of the trash that was there. And then the water district people that were very interested in it, we gave them the footage because they had actually never filmed the weatherbed before with a, with a, with a close in drone before. So it made the point to the kids too
1: that it's not just right at the beach that you polluted; it's what you drop miles away. Right? That's
8: right. That's right. All the plastic plastics are a major problem. You know, plastics weren't invented a hundred years ago, but they're there now you know there's some kid out there that eventually is going to invent a plastic that somehow actually dissolves in seawater right just a matter of time right you know? come on young yeah, person come on young kid maybe they'll be inspired <laughs> at ocean. maybe maybe you know that would be that would be great okay so ceos of middle market small and middle market companies
1: are listening to this tom they're not mm-hmm. just listening from southern california they we have a national kind of growing international mm-hmm. following mm-hmm. what what role do business can businesses play in helping explore ocean well, we with have your a, mission?
8: We have a corporate circle club actually designed specially for businesses. There's a membership available for them. And many of the businesses that, that come down will donate in-kind product to us if it's if it's something that's suitable. Many other businesses come down to support the events that we have, the educational programs, so it be from our innovation lab, our maker lab, our underwater robots, our ocean literacy for all. We allow them, we put their, their names and all the collateral on the website. We have a lot of social media. We have a PR company. Uh, Beyond 15 that handles all our PR that puts it out there. So their name gets gets mentioned in press releases. So we, we try to give back to what the companies are looking for. They're looking for a certain demographic. So we're able to, get to deliver that. And uh, many of the corporations we talk to also have foundations too. Right. So it's really two entities. You're talking to the corporate side for sponsorship dollars. And many times the foundation, they tend to come in with the sponsorship dollars first. And then they may come in later with their foundation dollars. Interesting. So companies like Wells Fargo, Verizon, PIMCO—you know—these are all companies that support us down there in Newport Beach. So what's the future hold for Explore Ocean? I'm talking with Tom Pollock. He's CEO. He should know what the future holds. Future is very bright for Explore Ocean. We have an amazing program that we're extending our reach. Our programs keep increasing the amount of uh, people that are coming to us now that are calling us to to, to, to come to our educational programs. Also, our adult outreach is very important. We have a lecture series. It starts in September. And it runs all the way through uh, May every year. We have speakers really? from all over the world. They come from uh, they come from Europe. They come. We just had a guy come out from uh, from uh, uh, Texas who is putting a program called Sea Orbiter together. It's going to rotate around the Atlantic Ocean. That's a big ship, vertical, 180 feet tall, floating around the Atlantic, around the gyres. Very. We had Kevin Hand, Dr. Kevin Hand from JPL, come down and talk about how they're looking to explore oceans on other worlds of, of some of the moons of of, of Saturn and Jupiter and how they're going to build these uh, particular spacecraft to do that. Wow. So the ocean can be also observed from outer space. We brought Don, Don Walsh, who was the first guy ever to go to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean 50 years ago. Oh, my God! He's still alive. We brought him <laughs> over to talk about that whole trip. And then we've had people come talk about that Titanic, and even director Jim Cameron, Send uh-huh. his people down to our facility to talk about Jim's dive to the bottom of the Pacific in his own one-man submarine two years ago. Wow! Fascinating trip. It's going to be a National Geographic movie coming out in August, and we're going to be premiering that film down there. Oh, we? that that would oh, be yeah. an
1: event to see that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. So you're you're really connecting with a lot of leading. Science, technology, engineering—STEM—is the, the really an important focus for your organization. STEM
8: is the focus for what we're doing, and you know, a lot, and especially the kids that are in some of these foster home situations. You know, fifty percent of those kids fall back. They don't necessarily go to college. The the, the boys fall back. They sell drugs. They get involved with gang. The girls sometimes they get pregnant. Some things don't. Happen. So the foster people will say, "We need them, and many of them qualify for financial aid. They're just not inspired to actually right. see themselves in the world. They can go on and do great. They can't things. Can't imagine it. Exactly. Right. So we try to take them and give them that experience and build on that. So when, they, when we take them to, say, places like Catalina or the USC Wrigley Center that we're aligned with, they see kids not much older than they are actually in school helping them. So it's a, lot, a way for us to show them uh, who they can be and, and inspire them in, in, that, in that hands-on method. And, and, and the kid will find their own level. You know the child will find right. their own level. You know, right. and, and so we just let that develop. And if you give them, if you make it their idea, like every parent knows, you make it your kid's idea, it works. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different deal. Do- and it's, deal it's that way that. with the, with the kids that that may, may not may not be able to afford to come to the beach on their own, or their situation where they can't get there. Uh, we'll 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 find a way to get them there and have make them have a great time.
1: Tom, I I get the feeling from sitting here and talking to you that your enthusiasm is genuine and infectious for what you're doing now. Can you? Just help those CEOs of middle market companies who are running for-profit organizations to know what the other side's like if you're running a non-profit organization. It, it,
8: it's, it's, it's really delightful, honestly. You know, when you stare at screens for 27 years trading bonds, that's wonderful. You help the pensions make, make, make the payments, and I'm sure that's that's valuable. But non-profits serve an extremely valuable part in society. I, I love my job. It's great. You know, you're able to build things. You're able to change lives and bring people down here. There's a marriage between the philanthropists and the nonprofits. They need each other. The philanthropists can't build what the nonprofit can. And we're not just a nonprofit. We're we're aiming to be a cultural institution here in Newport in, in Orange County. And, and so we have the physical facility. And the cultural institutions need the funding from the philanthropists. So both of them go hand in hand. There's a lot of things that government doesn't do and that individuals can't do. But in a team environment, you can do them. You can accomplish amazing things. So for me, it's all about building that right team of people to have an impact. And one of the impacts we have that's even larger than our footprint is our online courses, teaching the educators about mm. the ocean. So okay. we extend outwards with, with our online Ocean Educators website doing that. Dr. Marshall, that's what she wrote her Ph.D. in. In, uh, in at USC, and so she's an expert in that. So we're able to really take the Im- the impact of a donation from a donor and ratchet it right up. So it's not just there in Newport Beach. That's the location that doesn't define us.
1: Right, boy, you're, this is great. Uh, I'm glad you've decided to be the CEO of Explore Ocean because it sounds like you're moving it at a very fast pace to having such a huge footprint and impact. If someone again would like to learn
8: more about e- Explore Ocean, how do they find you online, Tom? They can find us at www.exploreocean.org, E-X-P-O-O-R-O-C-E-A-N no second E and explore.org. Uh, and we're a 28 year old nonprofit. Wow. And uh, we, we've got all the standards, the professional standards in place and the best practices. And uh, you can read all about us on the web. Everything's there, our annual statement. Everything's there that you want to read about for us.
1: And if you're listening to this live or it's before June 8th of 2014, you may want to attend the Simply Sustainable Seafood Fest, which is Information is available on their website, and you can learn more about it. It's from 3 to 6 p.m. on Sunday, June the 8th. Looks like uh, good food, good drinks, and live music.
8: Yeah, it's put on by our Volunteer and Ten knots Association, and uh, all the proceeds from this will go to fund our educational programs.
1: Thank you for being a guest of the program and a friend and a part of our community now, Tom Pollack.
8: Well, well, thank you, Rick, and I hope to see your wife's a science teacher, I understand. I she hope is. To, I hope to see her class down there. I'm taking this home and telling her there about it. There we go. You betcha. All right. All
1: righty. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we love to do the nonprofit show because it gives us a chance to help you to learn a little bit more about these worthy organizations helping our residents of either Orange County, Southern California, or in Tom's case, the world. This show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club, a member of Club Corp. I'd like to thank today's engineer, Paul Roberts. Our producer is Crystal Nunley, who's feeling a little bit under the weather this week and is not here in the studio. Crystal, I hope you're feeling better. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our marketing strategist is Asia Celestino. Our live events coordinator is Melissa Padani. And our VP of sales is Rose Chamora. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or maybe refer a future guest, visit criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until our next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction.
0: You've been listening to the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show, Orange County's only talk radio show dedicated to featuring nonprofit organizations and their leader, with your host, Richard Franzi.